What up, though? This is Knockouts and Three Counts, but before we bring you another episode of Podcast Gold, let me tell you about the homies over at Michigan's Finest. Do you ever find yourself trying to get yourself together and thinking, man, this is going to be a great night, but I'm looking for that little extra something-something? Well, check out our friends at Michigan Finest. If you are into medical marijuana, recreational marijuana, concentrates, vapes, anything of that sort, Michigan's Finest has got you covered, and as you can see here, it's all easily done by their website. It's all curbside, and you'll be in and out in two minutes, and they're family-owned and operated, so customer service is their number one goal. And now, since they are rocking with knockouts and three counts, use the code KO3MF. Yes, that's KO3MF. You get 10% off your entire order, but that does exclude featured items and items that are already on sale but if you use that code you're getting 10 percent off your items and i promise you either if you're looking for that big knockout or you're ready to hit the sheets for that three count michigan's finest will get you together tell them knockouts and three counts sent you and i promise you you're going to be having a great night peace this is the ring of honor aka shane t boy the baddest champion you've ever seen boy this is mr this is good old JR Jim Roth, and you are listening. You're listening to Knockouts and Three Counts. Knockouts and Three Counts starts now. Tuesday, this is Knockouts and Three Counts, and to steal a line from our guy, Bulletproof Troop, who uh, just made an impact at NWA, enough said, and I heard from a little birdie might be doing some cool stuff for the next pay-per-view. It is lights out. It's fights week, lights out championship. So who better to talk about it with than the boss man himself, our good buddy, Matt Friendo. How the hell you doing, man? It's good to have you back on the show. Yeah, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited that fight night is almost here um so things are going good we're looking forward to it hey man me too like i said ain't nothing they ain't nothing better than seeing a fight night and now that they're a little bit closer to home for me i am looking forward to it before we get into the business at hand let everybody know where they can check the fight out where they can get tickets at what time everything's going down and if you can't be there where you can watch it at yeah, so we've got you covered either way. Um, we've got tickets available at the door still. Um, the fighters that are on the card still have it too. So it's always nice to get tickets from the fighters too because, you know, they get they get a commission off of it. So anybody that can do that, uh, it's obviously uh, really appreciated by those guys. Um, you know, ticket sales is, is the way most of these guys make money. So definitely hit up any of the fighters. Uh, you can go to any of our social media platforms. We have links to the the online tickets if anybody wants to buy them online. And then uh, they'll be available at the door as well. Um, for people who can't make it, uh, we're going to be streaming exclusively on Spectation Sports. So we'll have the pay-per-view stream set up. Um, those guys are, are really good. It's a really easy service to use. So uh, whether you're coming live or you're watching on, on uh, online or on your uh, streaming devices, we got you covered. Well, dude, I'm looking forward to getting there. You guys had quite the turnout at the last fight. Before we get into Lights Out 10, tell me about uh, your thoughts on Lights Out 9. How do you feel? How are you feeling now that the dust has settled? How are you feeling about your guys' first foray down uh, downriver? 
Yeah, it was a uh, it was a little challenging um, just because first show in that area, uh, first time using that venue, um, you know the the setup and the logistics of things. Um, it was definitely different. You know, we've been we've been pretty exclusively at the Delta Plex, um, so kind of venturing away from that. Um, it was it was a little scary, um, but the uh, the turnout I think made it worth it. Uh, it was it was definitely justified to come to that area. Um, I used to joke about it back in the day because I, I didn't like WXC. So I would like joke about like, I'm going to come down to your area and do shows in your backyard. And I just, you know, I was a shithead. So <laughs> uh, I used to joke about it and everybody would always tell me, no, you can't do it. The area is not good for shows. It's so, you know, it's, it's so played out. There's too many shows. And I just got, everybody kept telling me, you can't do it. There's no way. Don't do it. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your money. Um, and uh, I think, I think we, we proved that wrong. So we had a really good turnout. The fights were awesome. Um, yeah. Everything about the show was, was pretty good. So uh, I, I'm super excited. Um, we're, we're still doing it at height, but we're doing it at their Wayne location instead of the Dearborn Heights location. Um, one of the main reasons for that is, is because in Wayne, we can have alcohol at the show. Um, that was one of the biggest complaints we had, um, uh, from the last event was that, uh, we couldn't Go do alcohol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this guy. Yeah. Yeah. This guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It Texting wasn't, me it at the commentator's table. Is there really not alcohol? I don't know, dude. I have no fucking idea right now. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was an ideal, but it, it's, it's for religious purposes. You know, the, the, uh, yep where the venue's located and stuff uh, for religious reasons, those guys don't allow alcohol there. So fully understood it. We didn't, we didn't try to argue mm -hmm. it. It's, I, I'm not, I don't, I don't mess with anybody's religion. So, um, so I was definitely uh, not arguing that, but their one in Wayne is a little different. They, they're not such uh not so strict on stuff like that. So we decided to do that one. It's a little bit smaller, but it does have built-in bleachers as well for general mission seating. So I think the layout, even though it's a, we could fit less people, I think it probably works better for what we're trying to do. So I'm excited. Um, that also means tickets are going to be limited too because it's a little smaller. So with the pre-sales and stuff like that, how everything's going, um, I, I truly think it'll be a sold-out show because it's a little smaller than the last one. So um I think we realistically probably could have sold like three or 400 more tickets to the last one. And with this one, I think it's probably about 500 people smaller. So I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if we're getting told we can't sell any more tickets the night of. I mean, that's never a bad thing. The place was packed. I mean, Corey, you were at the last show watching it from the seats. What was your yeah. thoughts, bro? Yeah. I mean, the built-in bleachers is definitely going to be a step up for sure. Especially for somebody like me who showed up with a, a group of people and stuff, it was a little harder to find seating in a spot where you could actually see the spectacle that the fights were, you know, like, and then also the way that they had the arena layout. I know we had speak, spoke to you about that uh, at a separate time, but where the lighting and stuff wasn't the way that you were hoping and stuff, you could just, there, there was definitely a couple things that could, that could have been tweaked. It seemed like they hadn't ran fights at that venue very much, and it just was like kind of ironing out some of the things. Like the the lights being on during the event was a big distraction as well. That that yeah, wasn't the greatest. Yeah, we had a uh, so part of the lumps and uh, and hurdles to do that was the lighting and the sound. So mm -hmm. we had contracted a company um, in 
there was a miscommunication at some point in what we asked for and what they provided. So what we asked for wasn't what we got. And then as we told them they need to change it, there was not enough time to change it. So we had to take the lights down and uh, we just used the house lights, which is horrible. We never, we'll never do it again because we bought our own lighting system. So we bought the whole Moving trust on up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we bought the whole trust system with the movers and all the stuff on there. So um, the production value is going to be definitely increased. Uh, we've got the video board again, too, which was nice. Um, that was that, that was, was kind of a life, that was kind of a lifesaver for people who didn't get the, the closer seats. So uh, this one, like I said, I'm, I'm really excited for it because this time it's, it's the first show that we're doing with our new lighting system. Um, so we don't have to rely on anybody. We bought it. We don't have to worry about renting and trying to explain to people what we want because um, that was the biggest headache I've ever dealt with. So um, taking that out of the equation. So now that we own it ourselves, we can do whatever we want with it. Um, the, the lighting and sound will be fixed. Having the bleachers will be nice. And then the video board makes it really easy for everybody to see. So um, that was the, that was some of the worries with, with doing a brand new venue is like, you don't want to go to the first, you know, your first time doing a show in that area and have it be, problem after problem after problem then people don't want to come back when you do shows again so we definitely had some inconveniences and some things to fix and i hope it wasn't too bad um, i think based on how this show is trending i think we're still trending in the in a positive direction so um i think this one having some of those things corrected i think um i think it'll set us up for some for some good shows in the future here yeah absolutely it will and i feel like the product itself to the fights definitely lived up to uh expectation so i feel like that helped a lot Next. too I, it wasn't like i walked out of there at the end of the night disappointed the, the drink thing did did kind of <laughs> suck to your point yeah. but you know it, yeah. after about halfway through the fights i just kind of got over it my old lady's not a drinker anyway so you know it's what it is but it was like you could like you said with the new lighting system in hand i think that'll that'll add a huge element the fact that there's bleachered seating so you're actually up you know above the actual ring so you're not sitting below it and trying to view mm-hmm. you know from a slightly downward angle all of those i think will be huge improvements like you say to the uh to this uh return to the hype athletic center even though it's a different location man you're fucking you're already talking you haven't even talked about the fights yet you just talk about the logistics well, we're gonna, the i was just about to say i wanted <laughs> to talk about i wanted to talk about uh, the fights you're not kidding dude and that's why i wanted to bring that up like one of the things that stuck out to me from the last card especially from my vantage point being right outside the cage you know i mean one of the biggest things that i liked off of the last card in particular is You know, you're so used to seeing because of like the amount of regional shows that there are around here. So like you didn't see as many cards. So then when you would see a card, it was like everybody who was worth the shit. They were trying to pack, you know, pack the cards as full as you can get them. What I liked about the last card is you saw a lot of guys who were getting in there for their first, second, third fight. Like Mondo's little brother had probably one of the fights of the fucking night and he was on his ass and got off the floor about two, three times and still got up and not only got up, but finished the fight. So, I mean, at the end of the day, regardless of who's in the cage, what kind of lights we got, any of the, any of the above, the number one thing that stuck out to me from that night was just the quality of the fights that we're getting in there. Mm -hmm. And I feel like with what we've got on lights out 10, 
with having uh, a guy who I know very well in a past guest of this show, you know, Adrian, the Eagle Hodge stepping back in the cage. And Eric Lozano is nothing that anybody here in Michigan knows is anything to play with. So I feel like that fight alone has got a banger written all over it. And you got two guys who are going to come in here and try to fight. I don't think that that's going to be a fight where you see people, you know, running or anything of the sort. I mean, as we go into lights out 10, man, I mean, how are you feeling about this card? What do you think is going to set this card uh, apart from lights out nine? And, uh, you know, for those who maybe haven't been to a lights out show, what do they got coming in store this time? Yeah. I mean, the, the fights were really good at the last show and I'm expecting the same. Um, we've got some good quality matchups, you know, we've got, um, we've got a little bit of everything. We've got guys that, uh, that are have have aspirations of the UFC, right? We have guys that probably winding down their careers, looking for a few more fights, make some money, stuff like that, just kind of cement their local legacy. Uh, we've got amateurs about to go pro. We've got a couple of debut guys. So um, the difference between this show and last show, I think, is the experience level. I think we've got quite a few guys that are a lot more experienced than than that we do have a couple debut guys and some and some uh um some newer amateurs as well but i think a lot of these guys are either pro or either on the verge of going pro so that's the biggest thing that i've saw uh as far as difference goes i still expect the fights to be good um last show i actually really enjoyed it with all the new guys because i was talking to my wife about this um Leading up to the shows, I'm always like, I'm never doing this fucking thing again. I don't want to do anymore. <laughs> it sucks. Mm-hmm. It's stressful, time consuming. The money's not worth it. It's, it's, I say all those things. And then the night of the show, I'm like, yeah, I'm putting him against him. And we're, you know, like I just start matching the next show as I'm there. But the thing is, is, um, uh, the, the, the reason why I say that a lot, um, and part of my issue is, is, uh, you know, when I was kind of like getting bigger in the scene and stuff like that and doing a lot of shows in Grand Rapids, you know, I had, I had a constant, uh, flow of, of really high level athletes on the card, like Mondo's and Kenny's and, and Bashi's and, and Lozano's. And I had, I had Devin Smith and K like I had, I had guys that, um, you know, Cody Brundage and all those guys that they were basically like, you know, you find these groups of guys who are, it's happened since the beginning of MMA, right? You get these guys who are ready to go and they go on to the next level. And then you're kind of left with not household names and stuff like that. And not to, not to say that there isn't, you know, bigger names and and household names now, but the, the guys who have been the staples of Michigan MMA for the last, you know, three to seven years, they're, they're all moved on now. Most of them anyways. Um, they've got to higher level competition shows or they stop fighting or whatever the thing is. So um, it took a little bit of the love away from me. I'm not going to lie um, because, uh, you know, I used to not do shows of certain guys weren't on the card. Um, Kenny Cross and Brett Martin, uh, those guys fought on like every single one of my shows since we've been doing pro shows, you know? So uh, <laughs> the, it's uh but but that's kind of the exciting thing now is like okay now we have to find those guys now we have to find the next you know the next jamal hills and the next cody stamens and 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 you got to find the next guys all these guys that have moved on to the ufc and and moved on to better things um and we got to develop these younger guys now to get them in position to do the same thing so um 
it's uh it's it's exciting it's it's an exciting time um so uh, i'm really looking forward to it like i said this show's got a little bit more experience than the last show so not quite as many newer guys but um there, there's some really there's some really good fights that i'm excited about so i'm 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 interested to see how they play out on saturday I mean, talking about guys moving on to bigger and better things. I mean, like you say, that that's the nature of the game, though, is, you know, you hope that these guys can make this type of move for their career, right? It's where you find them, you help build their career to a point where they can progress into making real life-changing money, you know? And that's mm-hmm. what yeah. we've seen in the case with Jamal Hill just over the last month. I mean, you're talking about the new uh, 205, you know, light heavyweight champion of the world here. And, you know, so... It's it's crazy to see like to your point, but Cody Stamens, all these guys from Michigan that you know a lot of these local shows have helped build up throughout the years, and now they are staples of the game. Yeah, frankly. and here's the thing too um, with somebody like Jamal, right? I I'm a very firm believer that Jamal could have fought in a fucking. <laughs> there used to be a show that did shows in an actual junkyard. And that's no lie. They used to hold the events. Jamal could have fought there his whole life. He was going to be in the UFC one day. So, you know, I, I, as I'm watching him beat the absolute shit out of Glover Teixeira and win that title. And I've got people messaging me like, you know, you, you, you really got him. I'm like, I didn't get him anywhere. He, I, I just did the shows. He's the one that performed, you know, Mm -hmm. but being able to work with him like that is, is I can tell people for the rest of my life, like, I used to help get this guy fights. You know what I'm saying? Like I used to have him on my shows and just to be able to work with him, like I said, he could have fought for anybody and and eventually he was going to get there. So seeing stuff like that happen, literally all the credit needs to go to him. Um, I was thankful. I was able to have a platform for him to get there. Um, But now I got to find the next one. Now I got to find the next one. And the crazy thing is, is like, you know, you always hear these stories about these fighters or, or athletes, right? Of like, they had a, like a horrible childhood or tragedies or, you know, everybody's got a story, right? Of how they got to where they got. And um, I've been waiting to tell the story about Jamal and I hope he doesn't get pissed at me because I don't even care. Um, so we had a, we had an amateur 205. His name was Dylan Ankney. And this kid is just like a barbarian. He's, he's, ripped out of his mind he's he, he not an ounce of fat on him he ran through everybody and, and during the time at 205 um, nobody could fuck with him it was nine and oh i think it was eight and oh and um drew gardner hit me up and said hey uh i got an old shout out cat. to drew shout out to drew uh drew put me on to jamal um i wasn't in the scene when jamal was was fighting because he uh he was fighting when he was a lot well he was pretty young at the time but um he had taken some time off because, you know, he got a job and I think he had a, a kid or two at the time. So he was, his priorities had kind of changed. So he hadn't fought in a while. And um, Drew hit me up and said, Hey, there's this older, he, you know, is this cat from the, from the real wild, wild West days. Uh, his name's Jamal Hill. I think he was like 11 and all or 10 and one or something like that. It was a really impressive record. And uh, he said, I know you got that kid Ankney, and I know you guys are looking for opponents. So you should hit him up. So, uh, Drew kind of like middleman. I don't think I ever actually talked to Jamal until like a couple weeks before the show. I was getting him tickets or something like that. And, um, Drew said, Hey man, um, and this kind of correlates to, I don't know if you guys have heard the story about Jamal telling his 
I think he was working at a factory and telling mm-hmm. his boss, like, Hey, I'm going to be a world champ one day. I'm going to, you know, his boss was like, what are you doing working here? You yeah. know, like you, you need, if that's, if you're that good, then go do that. And so uh, I believe he had just quit his job. He was just going to train full time. He was going to get into it. Um, this was like six weeks before the show. And uh, Drew said, Hey man, uh, he'll do it, but you got to help him out on some shit. You know, he's, he just got rid of his job. He's um, you know, you got to pay his phone bill for a couple months. And this was not that long ago. Um, the thing is, is everybody thinks that um, not that you shouldn't dedicate your life to what your craft is, but this was six years ago, maybe something like that. So think about it like this. Six years ago, he had just quit his job to pursue his dream. He didn't have money to pay for a cell phone bill. So in, in fast forward six or seven years, however long it's been, he's a fucking top five top six pound for pound fighter in the world he's the light heavyweight champion of the world um probably just made seven figures at the end of the day once he gets his pay-per-view cut or whatever he's going to get bonus wise and stuff like that and it it literally can happen to everybody it literally can that's the first time where i've heard like an actual story where i was like holy shit that's a real story like that really happened this guy realized he was good he quit his job he wanted to pursue his dream and like I've, now that I've seen it, like in person, I've experienced him going through this. I remember I, I have Jamal Hill stories for days. Uh, this guy, it's it's crazy. And now that I've I've witnessed it and it's happened close to me, like all these guys can do this. There's so many guys in Michigan who are who are like knocking on the door of being able to get into the show and really take off. And um, yeah, that's that's like uh, seeing Jamal do that is probably the most fulfilling um, thing that I've experienced in my time doing these, these events is um, seeing somebody that I was able to work with and, and was able to um, match their fights up to that point and get them into the UFC and then win the world title. It's like, I don't know what else to ask for. Like, was that, was those, it, man, that's a feel good story right there. And yeah. well, like that you leads say right the, into what I wanted to ask you about right. that though, is what it, is that, you know, you mentioned when it comes to coming back for this fight, like, you know, you were kind of done with wanting to match stuff up once everybody had kind of, you know, worked their way out. You know, now that you've gotten to see a story like that with Jamal, like, is it those stories or is it that the thing that kind of brought you back around? Like, you know, I wanted to run more shows so that I could find the next guy or to give back to the amateurs. Was it was it seeing stuff like that, the thing that made it worthwhile for you to come back and start running the uh, running the fights again? Yeah, you know, it, it, most of it too. Like, I shouldn't just put it all on the fighters. Like, obviously, as as the main guys that I worked with moved on, um, like it sucks. I I hate not I hate not having. I'd love to put Kenny and Jamal and all these guys on the card every single time. But obviously, we're we're a stepping stone, right? These are we're helping guys get to where they need to go. But just uh, also too, just kind of the priorities change for me. You know, I've got two kids. Um, I'm the general manager at a store at a dispensary here. So like, it's just doing this stuff. Um, it's just, a, it's, it's harder to do it, man. And, and everybody, all the team that I have that we work with on doing these shows, they're all busy as fuck too, you know? So it's just, uh, it's just my main motivation three years ago was the fights. I didn't have kids and, you know, COVID hit three years later, I have two kids. Um, so <laughs> it's just, it's, it's tough, man. It's tough to do it um, with the job and the kids and, and trying to be able to spend time with my family. And um, 
still give the amount of time needed to do these events is tough. But um, yeah, seeing somebody like Jamal, like I, I was literally crying in my living room watching it. Like usually I have people over and stuff. I didn't invite nobody over. I'm like, hey, I need to do this. I'm going to this one alone, guys. You guys got to stay out. I'm um, crying my man tears without no eyes, motherfucker. Man, that's what I'm saying. Nobody's watching me do it. My wife and I just watched <laughs> it. We, the fight, the fight's over, and we just start bawling. Like that's a that's, moment. Though, that's man. real. That's that's, that's a that's, real that's, moment right there. Yeah, seeing seeing what he's gone through, and and like I said, just working with him consistently. <laughs> for the past, you know, obviously before he got to the UFC, the, the, the three or four years straight of of amateur and all his pro fights up until he got the contender series call um yeah i mean something like that is motivation to keep going man because honestly the next jamal hill might be in fucking detroit michigan or grand rapids michigan or lansing you never know and if without that platform they'll never know either so um, there's not a lot of guys doing shows anymore i mean you guys know there's there's a couple shows down in your guys area and then there's that's pretty much it you know so um these guys don't have a platform and obviously we have to make money to continue doing it. And I'm not expecting to get rich from this shit. Nobody is. Um, if you do, you're in the wrong business because regional level promotions are not getting rich. We're not making a fuck ton of money. Like everybody thinks we are. Um, <laughs> it's just, but, but seems to me like that. yeah, it's like uh, back in the day before there was rules and regulations. I'm sure I've been around since the wild west days, dog. I'm, I remember the XCC days and all that shit fighting in the yeah. strip clubs and everything yeah see that's when that's when you were making big money when you have to pay for insurance and doctors and all the other shit that's when you were making real money now it's tough man like there's shows where you're scraping together whatever you can is like hey look i justify doing this and it's tough because most of the time it doesn't make sense financially to do these with the amount of time it takes to do it so it's uh it's 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 not always financially the best but um seeing seeing success stories like that like people that you're close to and and you've helped and anything just just make it like that and and he's the fucking king of the division and the biggest organization in the world you know so i think we got a couple guys here that are that are going to be destined for the same success in their respective weight classes and uh, it just sure. it would yeah yeah no he's he's definitely um yeah it would be tough to walk away right now but also not that tough because um if you ask my wife how much time i get to spend with them and how how enjoyable i am to be around as it gets closer to fight night it's not that enjoyable so (laughs) before we jump off the uh jamal hill thing i want to get your what was your reaction while you were actually seeing the fight play out like uh, you were seeing i mean of course, we did our breakdown and stuff like that, and we we all knew that there was potential for it to be a challenging matchup for Jamal Hill, just the experience that Glover brings into the fight and stuff. And the fact that Jamal was able to come out of it, not unscathed, he took a couple bumps and bruises throughout it, but for the most part, he really withstood all the possible threats that were thrown his way, and if anything, really shown his talents in a lot of ways that I, I'm sure a lot of people weren't expecting myself included yeah yeah i mean it's funny my, my wife has a good picture of uh it's like the third round um me and my my oldest son jr were face to face with the tv and i'm screaming i'm, I'm <laughs> I, it's like i'm in this corner i'm telling him like what the fuck what are you doing <laughs> um <laughs> at, you know as i'm watching it like it, here's the thing too i was being very honest i had people ask me how i thought it was going to go and i said i thought he was going to finish it in the second round 
I think I think Glover, obviously, he he was on an incredible run for a minute um, as mm-hmm. he got older, too, which is obviously not usually how it goes. Usually the older you get kind of fades, but he got better as he was getting older. Um, I just I didn't think he had he had the tools to do what what is needed to beat Jamal. Um, I, I I probably biased because even the fight he lost to Paul Craig, I was like, Jamal's going to smash this fucking dude. Um, I've never really thought that any of the guys that he's fought so far had had what it took to beat him. Um, I think Yuri will give him obviously a, a quite a bit of a test. Um, I think there's probably Yuri and maybe one other guy that um, I think he'll still win, but it'll be tough. But as that fight out it was playing out and I was watching it, like the emotions I felt, I'm like, I I hate crying. I don't I don't like emotional shit whether it's at home, my job, I don't care. I don't like crying. And the whole fight, I was thinking like, I'm crying inside. Like I'm, this is the craziest moment of my life. Like I could just pick up the phone and call the fucking UFC light heavyweight champ of the world and say, Hey, do you want to come to the show next week? Like how surreal is that? The guy that I've, I booked as an amateur and booked all the way as a pro until he got to the UFC. Like that, I, I call that guy, my friend and he's the fucking world champion, you know, like, it's crazy. It's it, it. It was like the most surreal thing that, like, I, I thought it was in a movie. Like, I'm just watching somebody just that I know just climb the ranks, and he's he's the champ now. So, yeah, it was wild. It was uh, it was uh, like I said, I couldn't have my friends over or anything. I'm like, hey guys, I'll text you after. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I can't. I can't be. No calls. No texts. Yeah, way. I can't. Be Do not disturb, after. motherfuckers. I yeah. am watching the fights. I like yeah. it though, dude. But I mean, that shows. I mean, that shows how much you, you know, how much you give a damn about what's going mm-hmm. on. And you know, anybody that's been following us for a while, those of you guys who are new or watching, make sure you hit that subscribe button. You know, Jamal's a past guest of the show too. Like I said, I love seeing all the Michigan guys, you know, come up. I mean, mm-hmm. Cody's another one. I watched Cody fight for years before you know he got in there, and then I remember he was supposed to get in there sooner, but he had that one fight that he got fucked on the decision, and then that set him back. So just to see so many guys from the Michigan scene really be out there, really be doing it. Let's not forget Jared Brooks, who just won the one FC out there. Uh, That's a good idea. We got people asking, are you going to do a meet and greet with Jamal at the show? Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure yet. Um, I haven't talked to him. Um, I talked to him like the night of his fight or the couple nights after we, we had messaged back and forth. Um, I don't know if he's going to be there. There's a potential, uh, we had a dropout on one of the amateurs and I believe I f- could be wrong. I think it's his cousin is potentially going to be stepping into the card, uh, kind of as a last minute fill in. So, um, I'm not sure yet. Uh, I don't know if he will be there, but I'm, I'm obviously hoping he is. So. I'm gonna reach out to him tonight or tomorrow and see. Um, I know he was he was in Florida recently. He went to the um, um, he was at the Pro Bowl games and stuff like that recently too. So I don't even know if he's in Michigan right now. But that Dude, that guy's life that. just changed. That, yeah, that that guy's life just changed so much that uh-huh. he his price tag. I might not be able to pay it now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but that's what we all want to see, man. Well, before we yeah. get off of the the total subject with lights out and all that because i got a couple other things i want to ask you because i know you watch all the fights just like i do and since we always are talking about all those parlays i figured who better to talk about them with than you but with that being said you know 
tell me about with lights out 10 man obviously we've mentioned adrian's fight what other fights are you looking forward to on the card for anybody who's still on the fence about coming out um what other fights are going to be ones that you think are going to be sleepers on this one there's a few of them man to be honest with you um there's there's a lot of storylines you're never going to live down xfc either (laughs) (laughs) hey I don't have any. I don't have anything positive to say about any of those guys. So I'm gonna, I'm a, I'm gonna uh, forget about that. But we um, talked about that. We already talked about that last time. Check it out on uh, the YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, so I mean, there's there's all types of stuff. And you know, in the co-main event, uh, we've got Reese Brink taking on Damian Hill from Minnesota. Um, Reese went on a ridiculous streak where he pulled off three or four wins where he was clearly the underdog. People weren't giving him much of a shot. Um, COVID hit, injuries hit. He had surgery on his knee, stuff like that. So it's been a while since he's been able to get in there. Um, you know, and he's fighting a really dangerous guy from Minnesota and Damian Hill. So, um, you know, I'm interested to see how that goes. Um, you know, we've got Dean Caldwell coming back. Um, Eric Perales. These, these are some of the That's guys. That's a name I haven't heard in a while. Dean Cole. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> these guys have been these guys have been out of the scene for five, six, seven years. So um, there's there's guys coming back, and obviously, ring rust is a huge thing. That's real. So you never know how guys are going to perform coming off of layoffs like that. Um, we've got an amateur title fight. Abe Segir is, is taking on Dom Dorsa from from. Shout um, out to Abe. Abe hit me up about this when I uh, mentioned that we were bringing him on. Uh, Javier just hit me up about the new Detroit Jiu Jitsu. So shout out to Abe and all those guys. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's going to be a good fight. Um, Dom is Dom is uh, trains with Kurt Hollibaugh, which I was able to work with at XFC, uh, former UFC guy. Um, I, I trust that anybody that's working with Kurt uh, or anybody that Kurt will recommend is extremely legit. You know, I've watched some of his past videos and I think it's going to be a great fight. Um, so we've got, I, there's, I could go on I, every, the entire card. I'm, I'm really interested in. We've got a couple of debut guys. Um, we've got Joel Harkey and, uh, and red flash going at it. Those guys are probably pro ready. Um, so I, I think the entire card, people are going to be really happy with the fights. Hell yeah, dude! I like the uh, I like the suggestion, but something tells me Mondo might be a little busy. But uh, I'll leave that alone. But that would be that would be a that'd be a good matchup. Yes, Mondo's not but, uh, able to for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> something tells me he ain't gonna be able to do that. I can't say why, but I think you'll figure it out soon enough. Uh, but you know, things that we can talk about. You know, I know, like we just talked about, that you're watching all the UFC cards just like I was. So we were watching them and uh, getting diapers for uh, the new debut of uh, the other half of the new little tag team in uh, our side of the family. So, uh, yeah, we had a diaper party for the deal. But uh, we were watching some damn good fights. Let me know what are your thoughts on UFC 284. Did Volk get screwed, yes or no? (laughs) Uh Here's the thing. I don't know if he necessarily got screwed. Had they announced him as the winner, I would not have been shocked. I thought I thought he lost three rounds. The the, uh, the judge that scored a 49-46 is, is fucking blind. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the fuck fight he was watching because there was not a universe where Volf lost four rounds. Um, but I do think that even though he lost, he won because 
Agreed. Um, he just proved he just proved that uh, you know he's one of the, the pound for pound best in the world. Um, it was a it was a coin flip decision basically. It could have gone either way. Uh, he was getting better as the fight went on. I think that the the size and in the in the, uh, the size and the reach, you know, feeling him out for the first couple of rounds that really hurt him. Um, that set him back a little bit. Um, but I mean, the way he performed, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know if he necessarily got screwed, but I know uh, I watched the fight with a couple of people. They thought that he won. I wouldn't have been shocked if he won, but um, I, I scored it the same way. I had a 48-47, um, not in his favor. So it was a good fight, though. I mean, uh, two of the best in the world going at it. Um, you know, I think he definitely surprised a lot of people with mm-hmm. with the way he performed. Um, it was a good fight. That was a really good fight. Wow. Kyle, this is one of those cases like in professional wrestling, man, going over versus getting over. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, dude, Volk, Volk came got out of his over fight. for sure, dude. This is one of the only times Volk a guy got over for sure. Fight, come yeah. out of a fight a loser and get grow a larger fan base from it. Yeah, this is the, well, I mean, the Leon, Leon you just Edwards brought up versus the... Nate Diaz fight. Yeah. Like the same yeah. type of thing where you might have lost, but, you know, everybody's like, oh, but look at what he did. Yeah. And well, I feel like – the- my point with that I was going to make off of that is, I mean, it's the one of very few times I'll actually say I can fuck with the UFC ranking system because the fact that Volk is still number one pound for pound tells me what I need to know because, I mean, if we're judging it, I mean, I could not agree more. I, I, I just, especially with that, like, don't get me wrong. I'm a fan of Volk, and I just, I honestly thought that Islam's pressure was just going to be a yeah. fucking problem. And I mean, do I think Islam won? Yes, I do. I won some money off of it. I won a hundred bucks, so it was all right. But I also said going into this, like, I don't think that this is going to be as big a blowout as people think it's going to be. But I thought that his wrestling would be a thing. That was the thing that got me the most. Is I mean, nobody have I really seen been able to really defend Islam's takedowns like that. Number one and number two, to be able to not only defend the takedowns, but to still be able to have the gas tank to be fighting in the fifth round. Mm. I mean, I think if they're the same size and there wasn't such a difference when Islam was hitting Volk, because if you notice, even though Islam's punches may not have been like the most uh, technically sound every time he was hitting Volk, Volk was stopping in his tracks. So I feel like, you know, given the same size, dude, I feel like that fight, I mean, even if, like you said, if he didn't feel him out for as long, I feel like that fight ends up a little different, but fucking banger of a fight, dude. I think what just killed me at the end of it was the fact that it, right or wrong, I felt like going into that fifth round, we were 2-2 and somebody needed to do something because the fight was so close and kind of indecisive up to that point. And uh, even to like you were just saying, Kyle, when like Islam would implement his wrestling, it wasn't super successful. Like in that fourth round, yeah, he was able to hold his back for two and a half minutes or whatever, but he did. But he wasn't doing nothing. Fuck all with the position and got a hundred punches landed on him. And the new striking criteria is damage. So I, you know, like I was even unsure with how they were going to go with that round, you know, like, so it was. It was an interesting thing going into the fifth round. That's why I think it kind of broke my heart at the end that he didn't get his hand raised is that I felt like it was 2-2. And then, of course, the most decisive round of the whole fight was Volk in the fifth. He looked it, he looked really, really He dropped good. him. Yeah. yeah, he looked really good in that fifth round. 
was able to not only, to your point, Kyle, drop him, but took top position, ended the fight. It looked like in a sequence where, given an extra couple minutes, he could have possibly ended the fight from that sequence. So it was just, that's what I think kind of hurt it. For It didn't hurt it. If anything, it helped Volk in the long run, because now I feel like that's what gives everybody this ammo to be like, no, Volk's still number one. He's He gained such a fanfare from this fight, from all from hardcores to casuals all along, you know, all across the board. I feel like this is, this is the best outcome without a win possible. I mean, of course, I'm sure he would love to be the newest UFC double champ, but uh, I don't know, man, there's still all these rumblings out there about a potential rematch even. So I I know I I hope they fight again. Hot damn it. Let, let Volk go fight Yair. And then let Makachev fight whoever's next at 55. And if they both yeah. win a couple more fights, hot damn it, I want to see them run that back. I really do. Yeah, it was that it was definitely that close of a fight. I, I agree as well. My fandom definitely wants to see it again. But either way, man, it was just I think that's what, what broke my uh my fan heart uh last <laughs> Saturday night, man, is I, I just the way that fifth round ended, pride rules all day, man. He wins. That's all yeah. I'm trying to say. I, like Matt said, I think if that that fight goes a couple more minutes, dude, we got a completely different outcome here because Volk was getting better and better and better through that fight, man. And it, it showed, especially at the end of the fifth round. Everybody, nobody was cheering for for Makachev. Nobody was like, "Oh, what a good fight!" Everybody was on Volk's back going into that decision, man. So, like I said, if you got a couple more minutes there, even one more round, that's a completely different fight. So, I'd love to see them run yeah. that one back. I'm also, I also, I'm looking forward to seeing. Rodriguez and Volk too. That's gonna to be a banger. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. put on a hell of a show, didn't he, boys? I mean, them oh yeah, them kicks that yes. he was laying into the body. That that was just like I mean, my breakdown sounded pretty good, right? He was too fucking quick for him, man. He yeah. was landing them shots just like like lightning in there, man. Yeah. You're not quick. kidding, dude. That was a hell of a fight for Yair, a hell of a fight for uh, Volk. And, I mean, hey, Makachev still got the job done. We're going to have to see what he gets done next after here. But, I mean, he still, you he, know, he still he kept fought the belt. a solid fight. It's just like yeah. I, I feel like he had such lofty expectations put upon him, right? Like it, being the fact he's fighting the smaller I think he might have lost matter. a lot of those now, though. Yeah, and that's yeah. true. And I feel like he might have also really helped his opponents uh with the mental side of it in the future like if it does end up being a Benil Dariush or even a Charles Oliveira you know rematch I think either one of those guys seeing what Volkanovski was able to do is like hey if I'm just able to round these couple edges I he was able to do it I can fucking do it type of mentality right 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 and not to mention as long as Khabib's not in his corner he looks human you know what I mean? Anytime Khabib's... <laughs> That's what it was. Khabib's it's all Khabib's fault. Fuck you, Khabib. Human, bro. He's superhuman with Khabib in his corner. So as long as he's at home, you got a chance. He lost the Khabib before, juice. It was the Khabib juice before we, in the uh, before we jump off this fight, uh, thoughts on the whole IV scandal that Dan Hooker is going out here proclaiming? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Those guys will tell you. You could ask. I bet if you ask a hundred random UFC fighters, seventy or more use IV rehydration. Some of them are smart enough to put some type of a makeup on their elbow, or you know, what I'm saying like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I 
I think it's kind of sour grapes to do a it after, bit. but I don't know. I mean, hey, a rule's a rule, and and they probably shouldn't do it. But I know plenty of guys that rehydrate with with IVs, and I don't know. I I don't have too much. I think I I respect Dan Hooker a lot, but I think he's uh, I think it's a little sour grapes at this point. So I was gonna say, so you think it's sour grapes, huh? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I think, uh, like I said, I, I get it. It's a, it's a rule. Uh, the the mark is a pretty clear has a pretty clear uh, IV spot right there. Uh, so I don't know. I think um, UFC probably didn't give a fuck as long as he was able to fight the next day is all they cared about. So if I had to guess that he probably did use an IV to rehydrate, but even though it's a rule, it's really not that uncommon for guys to do it. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that point. I feel like there's definitely bigger hills to die on. But before I get you on these last couple questions, because people were already throwing them out in the comments, uh, shout out to our sponsors, G3 Payroll Tax and Accounting. If you haven't done your taxes yet for this season, make sure you hit up Jack. Look at those links in the description. I'm just saying he did me pretty good on my taxes. I made a lot more money than I did last year. So shout out to Jack <laughs> and everybody at G3 Payroll and Tax. Tell them knockouts the three counts sent you. I promise you he'll get you together. Uh, with that being said, you know, we got a couple people asking about our thoughts on some guys that know how to make money on their own. What do you think about this Jake Paul fight with Tommy Fury on the 26th? Do you think it's actually going to happen? And if so, how do you think it plays out? I don't think that fight happens. I think so the you, event, you think the Mike event, Perry's going to step in there then? Yeah, either the I event gets so. canceled. Either the event will get canceled or Mike Perry's going to step in. Mike Perry will beat the absolute dog shit out of Jake Paul. Um, I hope that's what happens, dude. He's he's as he's stepping up and trying to you know fight more and more guys. Like I don't know how his MMA thing is going to go. I'm assuming they're going to be modified rules or something. Um, he should he should stick to doing what he's doing. To be honest with you, because he's making a ridiculous amount of money fighting guys that don't need to be fighting anymore. So he could probably continue to cherry pick like older guys, uh, ex-UFC, ex-boxer, stuff like that. But as he's getting more – I mean, I give him credit for stepping up against guys like that. But, um, you know, if he fought Mike Perry or um, like a Nate Diaz or somebody like that, he's going to get his ass beat. Um, but he's going to make a ton of money doing it. So at the end of the day, he wins whether he loses or not. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think uh, – I don't think him and Tommy Fury will ever happen, to be honest with you. It, it Corey, seems you got any thoughts direction. on it? You think they make it to the ring? It, it seems that direction for sure. Once this is what the third or fourth time they've tried to make this fight now, and every time, like, oh, Tommy Fury pulls out a week of fight, mm-hmm. they're they're left in shambles. But yet, three months later, Tommy Fury versus Jake Paul announced yeah. for X date, and it's like, well, what? The, like, how many times? Fool me once, you know? Shame on you know. I, how many times you yeah. know and i feel at this point it's almost shame on us for even believing the fight's gonna fucking happen so right. i'm glad that the mike perry thing is like supposedly a real thing you know apparently mike perry said i've heard mike perry say with past guests of the show shout out to him jimmy smith the other day he just said last week he said he's completely this- signed a contract agreement he said he's already on weight and he's got to show up there to make weight for the fight so right. if 
something either, doesn't happen. Either he way, said he has. Yeah, he said whether it's Fury or Jake Paul, he said I am training as though I have every intention that I'm going to fight one or the other of them. Uh, well, it ain't going to be Fury if somebody pulls out because Paul, unless he gets injured or something, that's one thing I give him credit for. He's always shown up. He's been very professional throughout his career now, and he's always been on weight. And you know, of course, it's his promotion, so he's the one with the the nuts to lose in this you know instance but i like the perry thing i i like that clause or however you want to word that in there i like that he's the backup but i don't know man i i feel like it's gotta happen this time because the saudi arabia thing and stuff adds like a different if it doesn't it. happen then i don't want to see it yeah yeah, yeah straight last, up. last chance man last chance yeah. let's go and even this it's like it's like giving your kid the la- like another last chance, you know. Yeah. Like, come Stale on, man! Now. I already this Stale. is your last chance. You, yeah, I already told you <laughs> last chance three times. Come on, man! I don't want to have to say last chance again. Come on, stop! Like, yeah, yeah. You know, but I, it, it'll be interesting if the fight does play out. To your point, I give him a little more credit than maybe you do, Matt, with like the whole ex UFC thing. Yeah, the Ben Askren thing. Talk about a cherry picked ass opponent. I mean, if the you fuck? just look at his. But the the Tyron Woodley thing, and it's gotten a little better since. Yeah, I can say that. He's least. still he's, fighting he's, guys he's 20 years younger than, but, yes, he's taken on a little bit tougher opponents. Yeah, he's taken on progressively tougher opponents, and now he's trying to answer the, the criticism that he's been getting the whole time. Face a boxer, even though maybe not the realest of boxers. Dude, Tommy Fury the- is not the best choice. I've said that this whole time. Like everybody's like he's a Fury, but dude, he's not that good. He's he wins that battle because of the namesake and stuff, but I I'm interested to see if it does end up happening. I'll I'll leave my my thoughts at that. I don't want to break down a fight that's not going to ever end up happening. <laughs> All right, last one I got for you. Talking about making money, talking about things that are going to happen. I've already spent way too much fucking money on this trip out to L.A. So before I talk about WrestleMania, get your thoughts on all that shit if you have any. Shout out to our other sponsors of the show, State of Pro Wrestling. Check their links out in the subscription. You know, you got all the good stuff. They have got. They just had Julia Hart on there. He was out there at Wrestlepalooza. Shout out to them doing the damn thing out there in Minnesota. Check them out. Tell them we sent you. Uh, but with that being said, you know, we're only about 60 days out from WrestleMania. We've got Elimination Chamber this Saturday in Montreal, Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns. Do you got any thoughts headed into WrestleMania? Have you been keeping up with it at all? Have you saw any of the bloodline stuff? How are you feeling headed into WrestleMania, bro? Yeah, I think, um, I think Vince doing what he did getting getting removed for a little bit was probably the best thing that could have happened um the long-term storytelling that these guys are doing with the bloodline is is poetic honestly um that that's how you tell a story the way they're doing it um it reminds me of a lot of like old school storylines and stuff they had going on um and i think that's that's a triple h thing you know the way he's able to kind of build that and carry it out so um yeah, I think uh, obviously Sammy's not going over on Roman. Um, I think what will probably happen um, is Jay somehow cost Sammy the thing. That's what I said earlier. Did I not say this on the phone earlier, bro? Yeah, Jay, 
Jay will cost Sammy the match. Jay, Jimmy and Jay will fight. Uh, you know, they'll wrestle Kevin Owens and Sammy at, at uh, WrestleMania for the tag titles. Uh, I, I'm sure that's when Sammy and Kevin go over. Um, but they, they're not gonna they're not gonna not have Cody Rhodes and, and Roman at WrestleMania. So, which I agree with. You know, uh, I think you got to take at least one of the titles off of Roman, if maybe both, and then he goes away for a little bit. He's been obviously doing this pretty consecutive now for a while um they got to split the titles up anyways but um no i i've uh, i've been trying to keep up with it uh i haven't been watching everything but uh, i was i was extremely happy to see bray wyatt come back um kind of uh the storyline they've got going kind of weird um i think i'm all for the long-term storytelling but they're dragging his out really fucking slow uh, I agree. So, yeah, you know, not, not, I don't want them to rush it, but <clears throat> they're they're being just keep making fine. it make sense. That's the thing is like just uh, okay now what now what happens okay like I think it's probably gonna be some weird where Bray's wrestling Uncle Howdy how in uh, WrestleMania and then they probably unmask him and realize it's his real life brother and something like that you know it's I don't know I think the product is heading in the right direction though. Um, I think they're going to regret the Sasha Banks thing. Uh, oh, big time. I don't know. I don't she know goes what... to war this weekend for the IWGP title February 18th out in L.A. at the uh, New Japan show. It's her versus Kyrie Sane for the IWGP strap. Yeah. Yeah, I think – I know that was uh, – That's. I know she's really big into um, New Japan wrestling and stuff like that, so I know that was kind of a dream of hers to go do that, but – I think you you know they they just let the the biggest women's wrestler probably um, slip away and maybe she comes back later on the road and I don't know but I think that's uh, that's definitely I think the Ronda Rousey things really played out so I don't think she's super relevant at the moment um, they were white hot a couple of years ago when they had the the or the uh, the Becky Charlotte and, and Ronda um, triple threat match. I think the um, not that there's like a lack of hype in the women's division, but there's definitely less than what it used to be. So um, I think they're in a good spot, though. I think uh, as much as I try to keep up with it, um, you know, it's uh, it, it definitely uh, it definitely headed in the right direction creatively. I think so. I'm excited to see it. You know, um, I, I was talking to my wife the other day. I saw they announced SummerSlam is going to be in Detroit. Um, Definitely so you're coming to tailgate with us though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely planning on going to it. Uh I've never been Fuck to yeah. a live um, WWE event before, so Really? Uh, yeah, never once been. So I've I've watched I've got when they had uh W I don't know if they don't have WWE network anymore, do they? It's just Peacock now. Nope, peacock. it's all Peacock. Yeah. Unless you're so, in England. Yeah. No, I I watched I I remember uh probably two years ago rewatching a lot of old stuff and um i'm always gonna be a pro wrestling fan uh you know now that i've got kids that are getting a little older i'm trying to get um junior will watch it with me a little bit and he's a huge cody rhodes fan so um yeah i haven't said shit publicly yet because uh i'm still trying to i don't have a confirmation and realistically i'm not going to have one until the day of the show but there's a there's a very good chance that a uh, WWE Hall of Famer from the state of Michigan 
is going to be at the show Saturday promoting one of his new products. So, um, hell yeah. I can't say it because if it doesn't happen, I don't want to look like a dumbass, but um, really excited for that. Uh, you know, really excited for, for that to happen. So we are uh, uh, a couple of days away from that. So hopefully it all works out and he'll be there and we'll be able to do some cool stuff with him. But um, Please yeah, no, I'm keep me in the loop with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you when we get off here, but it's it, it'll be exciting if it happens. Hell yeah. That's what I like, man. Keep them wanting more. Well, dude, I'm looking forward to this weekend. I know I'm going to be in the building. Corey says he's going to be in the building. Jay Bone's going to be in the building. We got it going down. Lights out championship 10 this Saturday live at the Hype Athletic Center in Wayne, dude. I'm looking forward to it. If there's anything else you want people to know before we get out of here, let them know. And shout out to the sponsors and all that shit. Yeah, man, we we were able to uh, to get a, a quite a few sponsors to help us with the show. So, shout out to everybody who jumped on board to support us coming over to the east side. Um, you know, we we've got some big plans. Um, we're we're investing a lot of time and money into our company to give the fans and the fighters the best product and platform they can ask for. So, we're really excited about it. Um, Saturday is is uh, is a big big event for us. It's our tenth event with Lights Out. Um, we're looking to set our, our, uh, our entire schedule for the year. So, um, we've got some really, really exciting things that are going to be happening this year. So, um, this is, this is the, our first show of the year and it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger as, uh, as the year gets, goes on. So, um, uh, come out check the show out on Saturday, tickets available at the door, tickets available online, pay-per-view with spectation sports, um, whatever way you can check it out. Uh, we're going to be dropping some of our our, uh, our announcements on the broadcast that night. So um, I'm really looking forward to it. I I can't wait, dude. I feel like that's a good enough place to put a bow on it. Like I said, shout out to our sponsors, Michigan's Finest, State of Pro Wrestling, and G3 Payroll and Tax. Like I said, we will be live this Thursday, 9 p.m. And, man, we got a lot to talk about. Like I said, there's Elimination Chamber. It just got announced the past guest of the show, Christine Faria, is going to scrap with Beck Rawlings for that BKFC trap. So there's a lot of good stuff to talk about on the docket, and I am looking forward to that as well. Real quick, uh, while you bring up BKFC, any of you guys going to be watching uh, Bare Knuckle Mania 3 uh, this Friday? I mean, I'm sure I will. I mean, fucking a, dude. I mean, he's gonna be busy with uh, weigh-ins. Yeah, and shit. I, I but uh, <laughs> he's yeah. gonna be busy with weigh-ins. I will be watching some people get cut up. I'm always down to see somebody get their ass kicked. Till I was, I fell asleep the other day watching the LFA card. So whether it's wrestling <laughs> or fights or something, there's always some kind of shit going on in my background. So I will be uh watching that one plus hey i'm looking forward to see what's going to happen with that other bare knuckle card now that uh burns and uh kleckler keep going back and forth i still don't know what the fuck uh anthony pettis was thinking trying to fight roy jones but fuck live your best life dog. that ain't bare knuckle babe that's fucking straight up boxing that whole card's boxing oh so they're all i thought burns and them would be bare knuckle though no, all okay. boxing. I watched, yeah, I well, with it being the Game Bread FC thing, I just thought with it being yeah. Masvidal's thing, I thought that it was, but shit. Well, at least that makes that make a lot more sense because I just was shocked when I thought that Roy Jones was actually going to do that shit. Well, Roy Jones ain't cutting up his face, but some faces are getting cut. This Saturday, <laughs> Lights Out Championship. Make sure you're there. Get your damn tickets. 
make sure you're there. You know we'll be there until next time. And in the in-between time, we appreciate y'all. Peace.